Welcome. This is Talking QBs with Coach Gies, a podcast dedicated to the Canadian quarterback and offensive football. And this morning on my 45th episode, I have returning guest, quarterback from the Vincent Massey Vikings and Brandon, Mr. Justin Sharp, and wide receiver from the Sturgeon Heights Huskies, Mr. Jerome Penner. How's it going, gentlemen? Excellent. Hey, Coach. Good to uh, good to see you guys. Good to be up bright and early with you guys talking football. I'm excited. Justin, you were, like I said, you were a returning guest from our first season. You were on with your coach, Coach Steves. So my audience kind of knows you a little bit and that sort of thing from the past. Jerome, being a new guest, I'd just like to maybe start off with a little bit of an introduction of who you are, you know, where you go to school, that sort of thing. Maybe some interests and uh, other sports that you might have played before football. My name is Jerome Penner. I'm 17, class of 2023, and I go to Sturgeon Heights. I played a little bit of soccer before football, and I mean, I like to go fishing. I like I'm interested in cars. Cool. And how about with football? Do you play community football before you went to Sturgeon Heights? Yes. My first year of football was Pee Wee at Rods. Okay. And what position did you play that year? I played wide receiver and kicker. Both of you guys have tremendous support, and, and obviously we've worked together at my camps and that sort of thing. Jerome, I'd like to touch on the support you have from your aunt and your uncle, you know, bringing you to camps and, and taking you all over the city. You're, you're kind of always busy doing something. So maybe speak on the support you have from you, from your family. They definitely do everything they can for me, no matter where it is, when it is. You know, they're always doing everything they can for me, and it's definitely thanks to them for where I am today. I'm very grateful for them. Well, it's so great to have that family support, making your football dreams sort of come true for you. Justin, how about you? Your mom and dad obviously are big into your life and, and a huge support system for you, bringing you in for my workouts on the weekends, driving you in for Team Toba or whatever's going on. Um, can you speak upon the support you have from your family and also maybe the branding community? I know that you get a lot of support from just locally in your in your own community. I'd say the branding community has been very positive throughout my whole football career. Uh, we have a local league here in town, and that probably has a good portion to do with why the football community in Brandon is so strong. That league is played in the spring, and then eventually you age out of that league and you go into high school. So a lot of the parents in that league end up being high school parents as well, and uh, it's almost like the communities switch over. I'd say that that definitely makes Brandon a very uh, positive uh, football community. And uh, my parents have, since the beginning of time, have always, they've never questioned really uh, giving me rides anywhere. If I've asked them for a ride to football in Winnipeg, they've never been really... Uh, well, what tarmac is it? And depending on what time it is, we'll go. It's always just, oh, it's at 9 a.m., it's at 7 a.m. Okay, let's hop in the car and we'll go. We'll get up at 4. We'll go. We'll do what we have to do. And uh, my parents have always done that. I'm very grateful for it. I've got to know, you know, both Jerome, your aunt, a little bit, and, and Justin, your mom. I've always appreciated my conversations with them and, and just what they do for both you boys. So that's fantastic. Back at it for second quarter action with Jerome Penner and Justin Sharp. We've been able to work with each other for, for a few years now. You guys have both been attending my camps, mainly since uh, the COVID situation, that sort of stuff. So it's been kind of cool for me as a coach to watch you guys grow up a little bit. You know, become pretty solid senior football players this past year. Justin, I'd like to talk about your schedule in your offseason. You've, you've done tremendous work in, in all the things that you do, but I know that you spend a lot of time in the gym. You obviously attend my camps, you go to any other camps, maybe outside of the province, that sort of thing. Can you just sort of give my audience a little bit of a breakdown of, of all the things that you do in the off season leading up to the season to get you ready? 
some of the obvious things I do are uh, lifting and throwing a football around where I can. I try to find camps, a lot of the times being university camps, because it has higher level players and give me more realistic reps. And uh, because it is the top high school athletes from the provinces that are usually at those camps, and I'd say they're higher quality reps. Uh, that's one thing I look for in my off season, just to be able to go out and do whenever. But some of the other things are just almost making sure you stay connected in watching whatever type of football, whether it's football highlights or watching an old football game, or you just need to stay watching the game, stay studying the game, uh, not just physical preparation for the season, but mental preparation as well, learning different defenses, learning different coverages, how teams will drop into them and all that. And how about you, Jerome? I know you're involved in a lot of different things as well. You train with me, you train with SJ, you're at every other camp, you're playing flag, you're playing tackle, all the things that you do. Jerome, talk about uh, kind of your off-seasons. Yeah, so the off-seasons usually uh, pretty crazy for me, especially come like summertime. But uh, some, some weeks it'll be 10 plus things a week at wow. least sometimes and it gets really crazy coach vincent he likes to keep us tuned and ready to go and we do a lot of like weightlifting with him in the off season as a team and even during the summer he'll, he'll take us to the brick house and as a team we'll do workouts and i feel like that uh really keeps us it keeps us bonded well and helps us grow as teammates but for other off-season training yeah every program in the city i'm usually signed up for and i'm usually doing as much as i possibly can every week jerome you you went through kind of a serious medical issue you had an issue with your back spine that was uh, pretty serious that took you out of football for a while and you had to get healthy and, and go through a process there obviously that had to have been a tough scenario as a young man dealing with that what was the eventual prognosis and just uh result of, of how that how you got back healthy and back on the field yeah so back in I believe it was 2020 i had an x-ray and they found they didn't find anything on the x-ray but i went to get the x-ray because of back pain and then i think two weeks later okay. i had excruciating back pain i couldn't like i couldn't walk i had to hold myself up on objects that were around me i went through a lot of uh, pro prep academies a lot of their surgeons and their medical physiotherapy team. and their chiropractors all that stuff mm -hmm. and eventually we got to the point that i had a infection in my back that had destroyed my disc in my lumbar and it traveled to my psoas muscle which is the back posture muscle it inflamed it to the point where i couldn't walk for two weeks or so within i had a pick line inserted in on the inside of my bicep and i had that for 15 weeks where i self-administered antibiotics through that process i slowly got better and throughout that process even though I couldn't use my right arm, I was still lifting weights with my left arm. I was still, you know, doing all these little things that I could, walking routes when I could, studying the game, staying on top of it all. And when I came back, it was gives you goosebumps. It felt amazing going back to it, especially because at some point I'm pretty sure it was right near my birthday where I wasn't where they told me, you know, you might not be able to ever play again. And I was back and half the time they thought I could have even been back in. So it was all a great experience, and it really made me to be a lot stronger mentally. All of us were part of the Team Manitoba process this year, and uh, I coached on the U16 team as the OC and quarterback coach. You both made the U18 team that uh, traveled and played in Kelowna in the Canada Cup. Justin, I'll start with you. What did that mean to you, and, and kind of what did you gain from that experience? It was a, a lot longer of a pro process than it felt like, to be honest. It felt like it flew by pretty fast. But the uh, the coaching at the uh, U18 
is definitely the so far uh, the best consistent coaching that I've gotten as far as skill level wise. Um, I think I improved quite a bit in, throughout the U18 process. Being able to represent my province on a uh, national stage, such as the uh, Canada Cup, it's it's an honor for sure. It's a it's a it gives you uh, almost butterflies just thinking about it because your province has been around for so long and you get to represent. Like that's really what it is at the end of the day. You uh, your province is so much bigger than you, and you you're somebody who's been put in the position to represent it, and it's an honor. Now, we've kind of talked about Jerome going through some medical issues and some struggles there. You had a different struggle, just to say it in the easiest way. You go and you play the first game of the Canada Cup, the game doesn't go so well. And then uh, as a quarterback, unfortunately, sometimes when things don't go well, you end up becoming the backup, basically the remainder of the tournament. I know that that had to be hard to deal with. You're a consummate pro and you handled it well. I watched you, you know, online. I could see your body language on the sideline, cheering on your teammates, doing all the right things, trying to help out wherever you could. Can you talk about just the experience of that was kind of a little bit of motivation for you going into your high school season, you know, kind of going through that that adversity of that situation? So, yeah, it definitely didn't sit well with me when it happened, just like it uh, wouldn't with anyone. When you feel like you worked for something and it almost gets ripped out of your hands, not that you couldn't have done anything about it, but unfairly unjustly um i don't even know if that's fair to say when somebody else makes a decision that you feel isn't right that affects you it it's not going to sit well with you right this one was something that i've worked many years for i feel that i had earned the spot and it did hurt it did sting quite a bit when i found out that i wasn't going to be number one anymore that doesn't change what my job asked me to do it doesn't change that i still need to be part of the team it doesn't change that i still signed up and told all the guys on the team that I'd be there for them. So I had to pick up my chin, had to pick up my chest a bit and carry myself, I guess, like you'd say, like a pro and help out my team in whatever ways I could be a positive role model, be a, be a leader. Absolutely. And one of the things that tie into this a little bit is I know that you're a fan of Bo Levi Mitchell. You get, you wear the same number and that sort of thing. He's your dude. And, And he went through a very similar situation this year with, with Calgary, right? Where just things weren't going so well. He gets replaced by Jake Mayer. Jake Mayer goes on a run and they stay with him and he rides the rest of the season as the backup. Sometimes quarterback's the hardest spot because only one guy plays, right? And like you said, sometimes the decision is is taken out of your hands and, and no matter what you do, that it just is what it is. And you kind of got to deal with it and roll with it. And that's that's honestly part of playing quarterback. And that's the heartbreak of the situation. But again, you handled yourself well. What motivated you from that experience for this great season that you just had? It was a chip on your shoulder, or a chip on my shoulder, to to say the least. When I was in the weight room after that, it's almost like I had that little bit of extra aggression that I could throw into the weights. When I was on the field after that, it was like I had that little bit of extra aggression I could throw into my stride. It was all that type of stuff. It played to an advantage, I'd say, towards the high school season because every single play when I was behind the snap, I just thought I didn't get this opportunity in Kelowna. It gave me a perspective on how valuable each opportunity is. Jerome, obviously you were on the team as well. But you also played flag nationals. Where was that held? Where was the nationals held this year? On um, PEI. In PEI. So you had a really busy summer with that. Can can you speak upon maybe tie them both together? But just the process of of again representing your province on the national level, both in Kelowna and then in PEI, and what that was like for you. U eighteen tackle. It was a great experience. I I loved everything about it. The coaching was better than anything I've probably had. I definitely recommend it to anybody else and. 
just the competition, even just going to the practices, whether you make it or not, just going to the practices. That's some of the best guys in Manitoba there. You're going to get way better reps and you're going to get a lot better, a lot faster than any old regular DB or receiver. But traveling to BC, it was beautiful out there. Practicing every day, having a game every second day or so. That was, it was, it was a bunch to adapt to, but it was a great experience and wouldn't change it for anything, especially knowing what it's like at the next level, like taking a hit at the next level. It's way harder than any type of hit in high school right. or even every DB. Every DB is the best DB in high school. There. That's why they're there because they're the best at their high schools. And U18 flag, it was, again, great experience on the other side of uh, Canada. And coming home with gold, it feels pretty awesome. For sure. Um, we were definitely the underdogs the whole tournament. And yet again, a lot of those reps is makes you a lot better as a player because a lot of those guys, again, they are the best guys that they have there in all of uh, Manitoba or Alberta or wherever they're from. I love kind of the underdog story, but I also like what you said about the competition level, right? Like you guys are both looking to play football at the next level moving forward. The Canada Cup and, and flag nationals and, and all that kind of stuff is the closest thing you're going to get to, you know, that next level before you get there. Back at it for third quarter action with Jerome Penner and Justin Sharp. So, guys, this is sort of the juicy quarter that I want to get into. This is the reason why I had you guys on the come on the podcast together. Uh, obviously, you guys both played in the Division Two championship game against one another, both undefeated teams. It was an epic game, probably the best of all the championship games played this year. Very exciting. Lots of plays. You both played exceptionally well. But maybe just to kind of start off here, Justin, can you start off and just kind of give us a little bit of a quick rundown on how your season unfolded, uh, basically leading into that championship game? Leading into the championship game, based off of just how the first couple weeks of the season had gone, it was pretty clear that off the start, it was either going to be uh, it was going to be us in our division, either Sturgeon or Springfield from the other division. And as the season went on, that kind of figured itself out. And it was pretty obvious that it was going to be Sturgeon. That's not to say that the uh, the seven and zero during the season didn't come without struggle, mm-hmm. because I do remember John Taylor gave us a little bit of a kick from behind and went up twenty six zero on us. And that was a big shock to us because the two or three games before that, we had just, you know, got up on the team, scored on them, kind of had our way. And it was our first time that we were like, oh, crap, we need to pick ourselves up. We need to get playing football. And so that's what we did. We picked ourselves up. We started playing football and we ended up coming back in that game and winning 41 to 38. And that was against another great football player in Dylan Turek that had six touchdowns on us in that game. I had six touchdowns on them. It was a little bit of a battle between us. And it was uh, it was a fun game. But that was when we almost had our wake up call that it's not going to be just easy running this whole season like we think it's going to be. We're going to have to work. And especially for that last game, we can't take the whole season off and then work the week before the last game. We had to keep our foot on the gas the whole season. So that's what we did. And uh, all of uh, all the players at on Mass here, very smart. They're intellectual kids, and uh, I think they all kind of understood that. It was understood across the whole team that even though, yeah, we might have a couple quote unquote easy games coming up, we can't take our uh, foot off the gas, and we have to keep going. And uh, I'm very proud of them for that because it is very easy that when you start succeeding to just kind of coast, and uh, mm-hmm. they didn't. So. Proud of them for that. Our defense really stepped it up. Our defense 
coaches for almost every single game. We had three defensive coaches going over film. And I think that definitely played to our advantage in the championship game, which I'll get into that later. But as a whole, our school is big on preparation, uh, off-season training as well, everything, any sort of preparation that you can think of, our coaches are, that that's what they really like to pride us on. And I think that that definitely has a big key to the 7-0, and 10-0 season. I had no idea about that. I, I knew that you guys came up from top in that game against John Taylor, did not know that you were down 26 to nothing. That's uh, that's a pretty huge comeback. And it, probably, a, like you said, a pivotal point in your season where you guys kind of had that wake-up call. But then also, like, to have that moment and come back and win, that's huge for momentum and belief within your program. So pretty cool. Um, Jerome, your team is undefeated going into the championship game. You guys have a tremendous season. Talk about that. Talk about your season and maybe some uh, personal accolades that you had leading up to that championship game. Yeah, the season, it was definitely unknown because especially since last year, it was kind of a weird year. We were still, I think we were still nine men. And um, the year before that, grade grade nine, the last year we played, we were also nine men. So we, we didn't, we had no idea how we'd face up. We didn't know if we would go. 0-10, 10-0, we had no idea. There was no way of us knowing. And just the first game, uh, the w- way we scored on Portage and the way we came together as a team, you know, it felt good to know that, you know, our team's got a fighting chance. So, yeah, after our first game in Portage, I think we realized, you know, our team has a pretty good chance at doing well this year. And it was good to know because, you know, sometimes it's your senior year. It's your last chance. You want it to ma- you want to make it a good one. How about, how, about but, some, how about some of the personal accolades you had this year? I know you scored a lot of points, you scored a lot of touchdowns. What did you do this year on the field? This year, I think the regular season, I finished with 147 points wow. and 16 touchdowns. I was close to breaking Brady Oliveira's record, but not quite. But a lot of those guys on my team, you know, I do a lot for them, and we all love each other. They're all my brothers. We all would all do anything for each other, and I know I think that's a lot of the reason why we got to where we were. You got such great character, but your season was tremendous. You guys won a lot of games. Things were positive for your program. It leads into the championship game, which we'll talk about in a second. So in Division One, my Oak Park Raiders, we, we fell short to the eventual champion of St. Paul's in the semis. We had a, a kind of a rough season to start with. We were 1-4 and four at one point and then kind of came on the revenge tour to go 4-4 four and four to, to just sneak into the playoffs and then got a real good opportunity against St. Paul's. Honestly, I feel like we that game we could have gone either way. We had a, a, a bunch of opportunities and chances to win that game, just weren't able to kind of get it done. And, and based upon how the championship game went between Dakota and St. Paul's, I feel, again, looking at it like we lost an opportunity because I feel like we were on an even scale with both of those teams, and it could have gone to any of those teams. So, um, you know, obviously that's a little heartbreaking for me as a coach and all the work we put in and, and like you had mentioned Jerome about your coach and coach Vincent I uh, I don't get a lot of sleep during the season either I'm a busy man and we're, we're always prepping we're always working uh, it's football's always on your mind so I, I can really uh, relate to that um, but let's get into the championship game let's talk about it Justin uh, you end up victorious in it it's an epic game like I said earlier it goes into overtime talk about what that meant to win the championship and just play against Jerome's Sturgeon Heights team and, and be in a battle Going into the game, we knew that Sturgeon was going to be a challenge and that Jerome was going to put up a touchdown or two on us. Something that we prepared for, but something that we knew that we wouldn't be able to stop 100%. We put a lot of effort into stopping that jet that he runs Mm -hmm. because we had saw him tear up every other team that they had played with that jet. So we were like, that's not going to happen to us. 
he still scored on it, but um, <laughs> that's uh, that's aside the point. Jerome was a uh, fun fun challenge to play against. He keeps you on your toes as somebody who has to run the offense. Uh, when Jerome is out there keeping the offense his offense alive, putting first downs up, putting points up, it uh, lights almost a it lights a fire under your butt. That's like again, you can't just coast through this game. You have to be out there. You have to be wanting to score. You have to be putting up points. You have to be taking the ball away from the other team. It, uh, playing someone like Jerome, it, it almost makes you uh, just be almost more grateful for the time that you have the ball. <laughs> because when he has the ball, it's it's scary. When we punched that last touchdown in, in overtime, uh, the one-yard Kiwi sneak behind Carter Moore, it's relieving. But at the same time, it's almost like that's where the real stress and the real pressure gets set on because at that point you like the offense has done everything they've done and now it's up to the defense and i mean the defense they held their own they went out there uh, came down to a jump ball between jerome and uh one of our dbs kevin garcia and they were both on the ground fighting for it the ball popped out and that's what the game came down to and the pressure the emotions the everything that's going on it is so hard to explain but it is something that I would want to do. Uh, uh, something I'd want to do again, but not, not the next day. Not the next day. <laughs> Fair enough. A little hard on the uh, emotions and nerves, eh? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, speaking of Jerome and the jet sweep, he gets robbed in the championship game. He has a couple of touchdowns on that play. They get called back, unfortunately, and that's that's how it goes. Sometimes you got to beat the other team and the refs to win to win a game. Jerome, let's let's talk about you guys being in the championship game. Obviously, you come up short. That's hard to deal with. I've been in your shoes. I've lost many championships. It's heartbreaking. It's hard. But at the same point, you guys left it all on the field. You played a tremendous game. I could definitely see you were leaving everything out on the field. So. What was that experience like playing Justin's team, coming up short? And, and then maybe what what can you take from that game positively, like just into the future, into the next scenario you, you're, that you get presented? Yeah, playing against Justin and the Vincent Massey team, we definitely knew earlier in the season that it was either going to be them or JT. And it came down to it being them. And it's definitely an honor to play against Justin. It's great to watch him play. He's such a baller and uh, so much respect for the guy. Puts in so much work and... Just the whole game, it was just such an experience. It was nothing like nothing I've ever had before. And maybe there's a couple things I would like to change, but in the end, it was a great game and I loved everything about it. And especially the uh, sportsmanship of the other team, you know, every play, like I think it was uh, one, they might actually accidentally hit you in the head or something with their helmet and then they'd apologize. Or especially after the game, I think there's four or five guys or something coming up to me saying that such an inspiration with my back and they're just complimenting me and saying I did great and I'm going to go far or not. And I just thought that's uh, definitely the most sportsmanlike team we've played all year. And it was much rather play them than some other team. That's a bunch of yeah. hooligans, I guess you could say. <laughs> yeah. The sportsmanship on both your sides to the picture that we're using today for the artwork of you two field together. That's, that was just kind of a cool moment to see on TV when I was watching it speaks to the character, both you guys, and I, I can relate to the heartbreak of losing Jerome as best as you can move on from that because as a, as a coach in the community watching you and being able to work with you in camps and that sort of stuff, I the amount of plays you made, you, you really left it all on the field. So be proud of that. Um, be proud of what you did in that game and what you did in the season. Uh, don't let it get you down. Just, just keep working at it. You're a hell of a player. 
and uh, you know, both both you guys are hell of a player. So um, just to kind of cap off the quarter here, Jerome, maybe you can speak upon you, you kind of talked about the effort and the, the amount of work that Coach Vincent puts in. But what what have you learned the most from being under Coach Vincent for the last few years? We all love Coach Vincent, and he really emphasizes that building us into young men, and that's way more important than uh, just being a good football player. Is being a young man and you know, focusing on school and what you want to do next, because not everything is just football, football, football. He really, he really wants us to be great young men and not just football players. He wants us to make the world a better place. We do lots of community work because of him and Christmas hampers and stuff for cancer care and volunteering. It's just a very important part of uh, all of us. Yeah, every day before practice, we have uh, 30 to 45 minutes to an hour of study hall. We can use that time to study before practice and Coach Vincent also helps tutor if anybody needs, and so does the other coaches if needed. Wow. And it's just helps a lot of the guys out. Well, that's fantastic, Jerome. The comment about school and just the work that you guys put in and the focus that he, the coach uh, Vincent spends on your academics is huge. And as a guy that kind of wasted my opportunities in school because I was more focused on football, I think that's really important that, that he does that to you and kind of instills that. Um, importance of your education over football, right? It's it's very easy just to just be like, you know, totally focus on our sport and kind of let your school just kind of go to the go to the side and it is what it is. But moving forward to the next level, whether you guys go to junior or university, you have to put in the work and you you have to take care of the academics because if you're not eligible, you don't play, right? So school is super important. So I really like that comment. Justin, let's talk about Coach Steves. I know Coach Steves on a personal level pretty well. He's a good dude. I like to bug him and joke around and, and that sort of thing with Coach. Um, but talk about playing for Coach for four years and what it was like to uh, – what, what did you learn from Coach Steves? Uh, what don't you learn from Coach Steves? <laughs> huh, he is like a father figure in my life. I genuinely believe that if I ever needed anything in life, I could shoot him a text or give him a call and he'd be there if he could. He is one of the most genuine, nice caring kind he just wants what's best for you human beings i've ever met him and our jv coach mr grindy they uh grew up at crocus together they went and played at crocus together in the year of 87 when crocus had won the championship and now they both coach together and they share a lot of the same morals they definitely like to keep football fun but they don't lose the drive and the grit when they do that I think that that is a great life lesson as well. Keep your life fun, but don't lose the grittiness in it as well. Keep uh, keep pushing, keep moving forward, and just as a whole, they those <laughs> I'm trying to I'm trying to think how to put it into words what all those guys have done for me. From when I got there in grade nine till now, I am a completely different human being, uh, not just a football player, and that is almost entirely because of them. They have helped me through a million issues on and off the field. They have helped me with pretty much anything that I've came to them and asked for. They are just genuine human beings and they are great football coaches on top of it. And that is, I think, how they would like to be seen. And I think they've done a great job of that. They pride our program a lot on character and effort, which is why I'm very happy to hear that Jerome, his team and him notice the fact that a lot of the players on the field are typically more respectful than you're used to seeing on a football field, uh, a lot kinder. Um, they handle situations differently, like after the game. And that I would say is entirely up because of our coaches. The program, I think it goes to show what it does for kids when things like that happen. And um, they're life coaches as well as football coaches. 
back at it for fourth quarter action with Justin Sharp and Jerome Penner and Coach Geese. Season's over, and now it's what the next step is for both of you. So, Justin, just kind of start with you. What are your thoughts right now, November 26th, in terms of maybe what you're going to do for next year? Do you have any idea what you're going to do? And tell me what you're thinking. I currently have no offers, so I don't have a university to play at next year as of right now. But I do have a spot on the rifles that they've offered me. So I do have somewhere where I can, again, take a year and progress or take uh, two years and progress or take three years and progress, which to me is very relieving. (laughs) For plans after high school, I'm wanting to study something along the lines of kinesiology, sports science. And it's a a tough area to go into in Canada because there's not a lot of jobs in physical therapy and training and all that. But I'm wanting to do something along the lines of that and uh, still, still figuring that out, but actively figuring it out. And... As far as football goes, university-wise, I would love to play at U of S because I know a couple guys on the team. They have a great program. The coaching is great there. The football community in Saskatchewan is it's a whole other level right now. They're very good at progressing each other, and I think that's why they're so good. That's just a little spiel on U of S. I, I really like the, the program there, so I would love to play there. Um, but that being said, again, I'm not against playing anywhere else. I just haven't gotten opportunities from those schools yet so well there's still lots of time on that front and yep. uh yeah you know just stay patient and keep doing what you're doing and i will do my best to advocate for you as well and, and we'll see what uh, transpires but yeah the rifles will be a great opportunity junior football as i said many times on this podcast sometimes gets overlooked i think the attitude around it is maybe changing over the last couple of years which is a great thing to see uh, universities just, just the, there was a new ruling that came in last year where they had to limit their roster spots. So there's less guys that can now play at the youth sport level, just on a roster, which means more guys need to play junior for a couple of years to kind of get your skills there. Also, I think people forget that you get those essentially two free years out of high school. So you essentially have seven years to play five years of university. So I would use those two years if you can, to get on the field and get better and there's no better league in Canada, you know, for that than the CJFL, in my opinion. So, um, you know, playing junior football is huge, whether it's here in the in the prairies or BCs. There's a lot of opportunities. I think those are those are good ideas. Jerome, where where are you at with uh, you know looking forward to next season, and what are you kind of thinking about uh, maybe where you're going to play? Well, I mean, as of right now, I don't have any offers, but I'm open to different options. I've talked with Coach Wilson from the Rifles. I've been sending out film and doing some recruiting forms. I mean, I know I'd, I'd want to be studying kinesiology, and um, I definitely just want to play football at the next level. Absolutely, and that, that's the first thing. you got to have the goal to go do it. I have a connection at Mayville, uh, Mayville State where a couple guys from Winnipeg went last year. It's been a pretty good opportunity. You guys have both trained with Ethan Snurch. He's, he's out there playing receiver for them, so a pretty cool opportunity. So, you know, those kind of schools are open as well. So lots of opportunity, lots of things to transpire over the next little bit. But, yeah, keep at it and just keep your options open. And I wish the best for you both. Kind of switching gears completely here, guys. Let's talk about some current events. The Bombers and the Grey Cup were going for the three-peat and uh, came up short. And it was a weird kind of game and and all that kind of stuff. Justin, I'll start with you. Where did you watch the game? Who did you watch the game with? Do you guys do a typical Grey Cup kind of party kind of thing? And then what were your thoughts on the game? So my family uh, typically does. We sit down in our basement, uh, which is where I'm doing this right now. Mm -hmm. And we... uh, we just watch it on our smart TV type thing. We cook up some appetizers, and I, I wouldn't call it a party, but just a, 
an event, mm-hmm. I guess. My girlfriend came over, so she watched it with us. Yeah. And uh, it was an interesting game, to say the least. It was some weird football. Two block kicks in a game, two block field goals. Mm-hmm. That doesn't happen too often. Right. Two missed point afters from the Bombers. Don't get, don't get me started on that. But um, <laughs> it, was a, it was a fun game to watch. It was, a, it was a good football game. It was just weird how it played out. Yeah. Yeah, I, I thought from the beginning of the game that the Bombers just kind of seemed flat and they yeah. just kind of seemed like not themselves. Like just maybe the fact of being there three years in a row, maybe they took Toronto lightly. Maybe it just wasn't their day. You know, you never know. But uh, yeah, it was it was a weird game. Uh, Jerome, how about you? Where did you watch the game? Who did you watch the game with? And, and then what were your thoughts on the Bombers coming up short? I watched the Bomber game with my aunt and uncle at their place. And, you know, I, it was a good game. Very strange, weird game. A lot of uh, crazy stuff happened. A bunch of blocks and yeah, special stuff you don't weird. usually see. Yeah, special teams game for sure. And I, I really wasn't. I wasn't too sure about the start of the game. Running it on second and seven to try and establish the run game. Thought it was a bit of a stretch at that point, but you know, I don't make the calls. There were some weird things. Speaking of kind of the run game, that was kind of one thing that I thought. We kind of got away from Brady was having a pretty good day on the ground. And then we kind of got away from doing that late in the game and kind of threw us off. Also, obviously, the big scrutiny is is Prokop coming in to, to run the play action pass. When I watch that yeah. on film, I just think that's a route bust. Like, I, they have two guys in the same area. Uh, yeah. I don't know. You know, I, I know that when Prokop normally comes in in the middle of the field, they're looking to do quarterback runs or some sort of read option, that sort of thing. And they were kind of, you know, hoping that Toronto would bring pressure or be in a, a man or a zero look and then be able to attack down the field. And obviously Toronto wasn't scared of that and played off. And, you know, we threw into coverage and, and that was a bad play in a pivotal moment that we probably needed something else. So there's some questionable calls there, but I think overall the Bombers, you know, they had the lead the most of the game and Toronto just kind of fought harder and, and was able, especially defensively, was able to stifle the Bombers O-line. We had protection issues. Uh, we had Claros had uh, issues with throwing to the hot receiver when they brought pressure, which is a tough thing for quarterbacks to find, but that's part of his job. And maybe, you know, the ailment of the foot from the week before, you know, carries through, you know, lots of people say, oh, he was, he was fine. He looked fine. I, I don't know. When I watched him, he didn't look the same to me, but uh, nonetheless, we come up short. Toronto wins. Uh, local hero, Andrew Harris, kicks us in the butt going to Toronto and, win, and winning the great cup over us. So congrats to him to win, but, uh, you know, bad for our Bombers. But anyways, uh, let, let's move on to stuff more positive. Today is the Vanier Cup this afternoon in a couple hours once we're off of here. Uh, University of Saskatchewan versus Laval. It's going to probably be an epic matchup. Um, do you guys watch U sport football regularly? Um, do you have any thoughts on today's game or anything like that? I, I'm kind of intrigued. There's two players. Uh, Justin will know Dayton Black. That's an offensive tackle uh, for U of S. And uh, Charlie Ringland, who's a DB for U of S, is a former player of mine and from Oak Park. So I know both of those guys. I trained uh, Dayton back in the day when he was trying to be my doppelganger as a quarterback. But um, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so I know both those guys pretty well, so I'm excited for them. I'm hopeful for them. I hope they win the Vanier today. So I'm cheering for the U of S, even though that sounds crazy. As a Manitoba guy, I'm definitely cheering for the U of S. Um, but, yeah, so, Justin, what, what are your thoughts on the game today? Do you watch U-sports football regularly? I wouldn't say I watch regularly, but I definitely keep up with it. I follow all the teams. I follow U-sports. I follow all that on Instagram. I- I'm excited for the game. I'm always excited when the Vanier comes up. Um, 
I don't know if I'll be watching it. I always like seeing how how everything plays out, though, watching the highlights after the game, watching, you know, just kind of almost like a casual football fan at mm-hmm. that point. And I'm excited for the game. I know a couple guys on U of S, like you said, uh, Dayton Black, uh, who was at Nealon when he was here in town, mm-hmm. and uh, Jaden Angle, who's a Massey boy uh, at linebacker. No, I'm excited. Um, I wouldn't say I watch too much U sport football, uh, but I definitely enjoy it. Um, so I keep up with it. How about you, Jerome? Do you have any thoughts on today's game? Do you watch U sport football? I don't always watch U sports. I, I stay up to date with it for sure, but um, I definitely would would be watching the Vanier Cup and definitely interested to see the outcome of the game. Should be a good game. I watch a lot of the Bison games. I don't particularly watch everybody play, but I watch the Bisons quite regularly. And uh, yep. it, it's great football, you know. And, and one of the things mm-hmm. I'll say about their broadcast system, it's like second to none compared to the CJFL. So uh, the the viewership content is much, uh, much better. So I enjoy that part of it. So I'm excited for today. I'm cheering for the U of S. Hopefully those two guys that I know come out victorious. Justin, we, we've had you on the show before to talk about your favorite quarterback, but I'm interested to throw it back to you again. Who is maybe a quarterback that of late that you've kind of taken interest in that maybe there's some things about his game that you like that maybe you can you know, use within your own game or just somebody that you've been intrigued by lately? Sounds bad to say that's just been recently, but Zach Claris, being a Bombers fan, I'd say recently I've, I've fallen in love with his play style because it's very similar to how I play. I would not by any means classify Zach Claris as a dual threat quarterback because he's not looking to run the ball. But when he needs to run the ball or when he needs to escape the pocket, he uh, he does it and gets the ball away and does it with usually a fair amount of precision. And um, he likes the big plays. He likes the energetic plays. He likes hitting a defense down the field multiple times in a game, and that's very similar to me. So I've I've taken a uh, interest in Zach Polaris quite a bit recently. He's kind of the CFL version, a little bit of Mahomes, not as flashy maybe, but like he makes a lot of off-platform throws, weird arm angles. Yeah, he just has a, a way of playing the game that's a little bit different, and, and I as well have you know really grown to enjoy watching him, obviously for our Bombers and that sort of thing, but that's, that's a great, uh, great point on him. Jerome, how about you? Who's your favorite receiver of all time and why? Uh, I'm not exactly sure that I have a favorite receiver, but I like watching all the receivers and combining what they do into one and kind of figuring out what I like the most. Mm-hmm. But for those players, it's like Devontae Adams, Justin Jefferson, Jerry Judy, CeeDee Lamb, Amari Cooper, and like Shai Ross and Nick Dembski has very similar play style to what we ran this right. year at Sturgeon. Very cool. And those are great picks and it's good to idolize some guys and, and take parts of their game, take it and try to improve it into your own game. So uh, I like I like both of those from both of you. Um, guys, I want to thank you for being on today. It's been awesome to talk football with you and talk about your seasons and all the positive things you're doing. You guys, again, are both awesome character kids growing into men, and I wish you the best moving forward. Thank you for being on today. I want to thank the audience who uh, tunes in and listens every week and, and uh, more great guests coming your way. But uh, guys, thanks again for being on. I hope you had a good time. Well, of course. Thank you for having us. All right. You guys take care, and we'll see you next time.